Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. All right, well, welcome everybody. This is Eric Chen from the Y Factor podcast. Today I have Amber Blonigan, the CEO and founder of GI Automotive Group. Yep. And I would love to have you introduce yourself um, you know, to the audience and what you do and, yep. and everything. So I'm Amber, I own GI Automotive Group. I started this company in 2004. And the idea behind starting this company was well, first of all, I'll tell you what we do. We do kind of like a full automotive concierge. So um, I have, which we're you know in my building right now, obviously a full workshop. Uh, mm-hmm. We can do mechanical, aftermarket, um, body work. Uh, we do a lot of customization. I try not to get too much into fabrication because yeah. that's like a lot and you don't make that much money doing it, but <laughs> we can do that stuff as well. Um, and then I help my clients buy and sell their cars. Uh, usually I'm only handling like more high-end transactions mm-hmm. um, and just maintain, you know, some of my cl- uh, clients who will go to one of their garage. Well, it's not really my client, but <laughs> this kind of gives you an idea of what I do. I help them kind of like maintain their, their collections as well. Um, and the reason behind me starting this company was um, I really enjoyed cars. Mm-hmm. I liked modifying my cars. I liked kind of pushing them to their limits. And I just wasn't having a great experience, whether it be at the dealerships um, or the the shops or whatever it was. It was always like, you know, obviously, if you're at a dealership, your car's broken and that sucks, right? Yep. Um, usually the environments, the waiting rooms, the, the service people, whatever it is, like A to Z, it's just not that pleasant. Mm-hmm. And then if it, you know, you go to the other side and you're trying to modify your car, it's like a project you're super excited about. You're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And and you really are excited to do this project and you actually are fine spending the money. And same thing, you know, it would, it would be like, oh, this project's gonna take a week and like six months later I might get my car back like in like worse condition than it came and it was just always something. So I yeah. was having like a really bad experience at a lot of places. So mm-hmm. initially I kind of like went and got a location. It was a very small and, and hired a few people that I had dealt with whether at the dealerships or the other shops that I, I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely recruited from <laughs> other places. Yeah. Um, you have to have and, the best talent. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it was few and far between, but there were a couple guys that I was like, these guys, you know, were on point. They did what they said they were going to do. And, you know, I'd like to have them work for me. So it was kind of self-serving. I just kind of wanted a place that I could do my own car stuff mm-hmm. and maybe some of my friend's stuff. And like, if I could just make enough money to keep the place open and kind of break even and be able to do some fun things for myself, mm-hmm. that was cool. But, you know, it caught on really quickly. Uh, within the first six months I was in business, we were doing $100,000 in sales and I was completely out of the red by like month four, which yeah. is unheard of yeah. in a small business. I mean, it usually takes small businesses like three to five years to even yeah a year if they're lucky exactly exactly so I was like wow you know at the time I still was doing um some investment banking and venture capital Mm -hmm. um but I was like there's something here I mean this is great it's something I love doing Mm -hmm. and I'm I have potential to make a good you know career of it so I transitioned out of you know the the VC stuff and and just 
went full time running the shop and, and it grew quite quickly. Yeah. Um, I've gone through economic ups and downs, you know, in 2008, nine, you know, all the mortgage stuff, which I was also involved in mm-hmm. some real estate stuff at the time, which I lost my ass, Yeah. <laughs> but I had this company. So, you know, thank God I was able to, you know, continue on. Um, it was really interesting because during that time, like where a lot of people, um, would normally like buy a new car and, and modify it and keep it for a couple of years or I had a lot of restoration projects I was doing mm-hmm. or custom builds. They kind of moved away from that. Um, but then these people were like, well, you know, we don't know what's happening. So you know, they're losing their ass on their home values or whatever, all their other assets. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, we might have to keep this car for a while. So we're going to maintain it well. And luckily I always had that side of the business too, the service and maintenance. Yeah. So that really carried the business forward. And actually, I increased in sales in 2008 and 2009 just on the service and maintenance side because people would normally you know, get a new car every couple of years and do something. They were keeping their cars. And they're like, well, now we have to maintenance these cars. So we don't know when we're going to get another one. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to drive it into the ground. So it was kind of like this really interesting like balance of, of everything. But that's why I found it important to kind of be able to, I mean, I know people go, oh, you don't want to be the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the advice everybody always gives you in, in small businesses. Cause when you have a small business, you have to be everything from like the janitor to like, mm-hmm. you know, the PR person, like, you know, I'll be cleaning the bathroom and then exactly. I have to go to like an event and like look amazing and like talk to people about business. It's, you know, but I, in my experience, just in, in what I do, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually been fine. Yeah. So I'd love to dive a little bit more about your background in yeah. terms of whether it was the VC world or in the iBanking world and really just at the point of transition yeah. into deciding you want to own your own business. It yeah. sounded like you found a, a, a huge balance point of, you know, you love working on cars, love working on these projects. And at what point you told yourself, I want to do this for myself, or yeah. this could be that. Um, yeah, like the project. breaking point for me was just having a really shitty experience. Mm-hmm. I had at the time bought a BMW 740i, and it was like a year and a half old, and the engine blew up. Yeah, like smoking mm-hmm. stuck on the road. Like it was, it blew up, um, and it was like six months before I got my car back. And then I was like, okay, whatever. Like I've got a new engine, everything's mm-hmm. cool, so I'm gonna go do some mods. So then I went and did some mods and that ended up being like a disaster. And I was like, okay, that was like my breaking point. I'm like, I want to do this myself. I don't want to deal with this crap anymore. You know, like the automotive industry doesn't have, they don't present themselves well in general, mm-hmm. you know, whatever level you're dealing with. So, I mean, even more so for a female, like being a consumer, it's just, it's not a very inviting atmosphere anywhere you go. They assume that you don't know what you're talking about, yeah. what you're trying to do. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately in LA as well, like, you know, a lot of people are trying to take advantage of people and whatever business you're doing. So, you know, it's kind of like this walking target. Like I'd go in and like, at the time I was like in my early twenties too. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Oh, she's got nice cars and money and she looks really stupid. She's got blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, it, it just really just got sick of the whole environment in general mm-hmm. and was like I'm just doing this myself like yeah. I'm over it so that was kind of my breaking point and I saw like I saw a need in the market just having a place that did like this was really simple like just giving you what you pay for mm-hmm. and doing it because pl- you're paying me money right like if you walk into a store on Rodeo and you drop a couple thousand dollars they're going to take care of you 
and it's just this really weird thing in the automotive industry. You're spending, you know, the average transaction, especially for the types of cars that we work on, is, you know, fifteen to two thousand dollars and goes up to a few hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And like people are paying people and they're getting treated like shit. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um so, you know, I, I just really saw a need to like be very, you know, customer service oriented and take care of people and if you charge them for a part, then it's in their car. Like it's kind of that simple, but it's like one of these really it seems like the simple most simple concept, mm-hmm. but people don't do it. Yeah. And so essentially you just had such a pain point where you're like, I can solve this problem and treat customers the way I want to be treated. And that was really the driver behind creating something like this. Yeah. Did you, so did you work on this as like a side hustle while you had the full-time job or you just went initially, uh, like initially, you know, I, I was doing VC and I helped, you know, a friend run a company. So it's not like I didn't have to, I had my own schedule. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought this was something that I was going to like help start up. Um, because I was working in the VC world and, and we were starting up companies left and right. So it was yeah. just kind of like I was doing that all day anyway. So it was like, okay, this is going to be mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I thought I was going to kind of get it started and get it going and then kind of go back to what I was doing. But mm-hmm. I realized that, you know. There's it, so much opportunity there here. Was, yeah, opportunity. And it definitely required my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would have lasted long had I just kind of like handed it off and checked on it once in a while. Mm-hmm. So where did where did the passion in terms of working on cars even come from? I think, you know, like I've always been very athletic. I've always been like very active mm-hmm. and I, I want to learn everything. Right. So I think the passion really just came from, you know, just first of all, it gives you something to do with your hands. Like mm-hmm. you're physically active doing something. Yeah. You're learning things. And I'm learning about what I love, which is cars. So when I started this, I didn't know anything about, I mean, I maybe knew a little more than the average person just because mm-hmm. of all the issues I had had, but yeah, I really didn't know that much. I learned yeah. from the guys that I had hired. They really kind of trained me like on the job. So, I mean, I could have gone to like UTI or one of the, mm-hmm. the automotive the technical schools. Technical educational yeah. schools. But I had a bunch of technicians there who were already on my payroll. So, yeah. <laughs> and so instead of you, you know, just giving or just dropping your car off and having them deal with it, you spent time to just sit there and learn yeah. from the actual things that they're building or working on. And that's yeah. that's how you got the experience. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so that's pretty much like you, you're so involved or passionate about cars and because the car is your baby, yeah. right? It's like, well, I drop off a baby to a babysitter and yeah. not know what's going on. Exactly. Right, so you want to be as involved as possible. Yeah. I just wanted to do it myself and that's kind of how I am about everything and I think that's why I've been able to be successful is because like I think so many people like rely on somebody else to take care of something right like oh well like you know this person will do that or like my girlfriend boyfriend husband wife whatever somehow things will just get done yeah (laughs) magically (laughs) yes and like half the time you look at people's lives and you realize like half the shit they need like it's not getting done Mm -hmm. so I've always just been like I'm just gonna do it myself yeah so I like to empower myself with you know knowledge and ability and skills so like I I don't need anybody like if Mm -hmm. my staff left I mean, I would struggle through a lot of stuff, but I would ultimately be able to kind of like figure out a large amount of it on my own. Mm-hmm. Where is that uh, balance point between being an owner, um, taking ownership of the task, and then being able to properly delegate it to your team? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a delicate balance mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, but I've got great people who work for me, uh, especially now. I have an amazing team. So I, I feel very confident to, you know, a lot of times delegating stuff, like half the time it gets swept under the carpet mm-hmm. and then you follow up with people and they're like, oh, what? I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went through years of that with different, you know, various employees and staff. But the, the group I have now of guys, like, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I can tell them, like, hey, this needs to get done and it'll get done. Yeah. Because... First of all, they, they really like working for me, and they know what the alternative is out there. They know that if they're working somewhere else, they're not going to have as pleasant of an atmosphere to work in. They're not going to have the support that they have here. They're not going to have the flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're like, oh, my kid's sick today, like, I got to go pick them up early at school, whatever, you know, I'm, I work with them. I'm a single parent, so I understand, and we all work mm-hmm. together as a team. Yeah. Um, so whatever it is, like, I know I can trust them, whether it's delegating something to them or, you know, customers show up in here like, here's five grand cash. Like, I'm just going to pay cash. Like, it won't be a dollar short. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. I mean, that's great. But I didn't always have that. So it was a little like running around like chaos sometimes, like going, okay, this person was supposed to do that and that person was supposed to do that. And like everybody kind of like didn't like follow through. Mm-hmm. And so you got to go and clean up messes and there's definitely been points in my business where I felt like, you know, 80% of my day was spent just cleaning messes up mm-hmm. and probably was, Yeah. you know? So it's really important, the people you surround yourself with, the people mm. you hire and you're not going to get it right. Like I, it took me a long time to get it right. How, how long do you think that whole time frame to hire a proper team, train them and be able to trust them? How long is that? Well, process? I mean, I've been in business for 15 years, yeah. so we've had, you know, good teams and bad teams mm-hmm. we've had a couple good guys on you know and a couple bad guys you know we've had different scenarios um but to really recognize and and learn how to properly hire manage people i mean it definitely it took a couple of years mm-hmm. and has there ever been a time just because it's always it's already tough to be a woman in the workplace but then being a woman business owner and working in an industry that's dominated you know as a male yeah. industry like how has that been for you in terms of working well, around it, that yeah that's always like the question everybody's <laughs> like how do you do that yeah it's funny like I, I mean i have people who are just like why do you do that i do because i'm just really stubborn i think more than anything but <laughs> like if you're um, more stubborn than the men and then <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah when i started 15 years ago it was completely <laughs> unheard of there was yeah. no women in this industry there was none and like people just refused to acknowledge me like when like they would come into the shop and I would greet them and say hello they would assume like oh it's a secretary receptionist mm-hmm. whatever and you know they got oh well I have this question about my car okay I can help you they'd be like um no and like I literally had this happen like numerous times where they kind of just like brush me off walk past me and just look for a man yeah like sometimes that man like was even like another customer who's like mm-hmm. I don't know it's her shop I don't <laughs> Like, they just could not get their head wrapped around yeah. it. It was so weird to them. And it's only really been in the last year or two. I mean, I would say even the last months. And I think it's largely because of this whole Me Too movement and mm-hmm. all the women empowerment that it's become, like, it's, like, kind of went through a phase of, like, it was completely unacceptable. And then it was, like, okay, people would just dealt with me because they're like, oh, she's been here for quite a few years. She's mm-hmm. not going to go away. So even having so, established like the business 15 years ago, even for being in business for five, 10 years, yeah. you still had to deal. Yeah. With I that. think at, at a certain point there was like this 
kind of point where like people are like, okay, we just got to deal with her. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's just not going to go away. I mean, at least other people in the industry. And customers kind of started to be like, okay, she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's got a good reputation. Um, and then it just kind of transitioned into like, okay, this is okay. Mm-hmm. This is okay. People aren't freaking out and trying to sabotage me and being really nasty. So like now it's kind of becoming celebrated. Like, like I said, only in the last couple of months, it's like we're at a point where people are like, that's cool. We want to know more about you. Like now I'm starting to stand out mm-hmm. in the crowd a little bit where like I should have, I think I always did, but yeah. it should have been something that was like a positive before rather than a negative. Just com- combating the negative aspect yeah. versus now you can embrace the positive. Exactly. And I'm not like a big supporter. You know, the whole Me Too movement thing is like, it's like, listen, everybody's got their thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, one of my good friends who's a journalist, the two of them I was talking to are very well-known automotive journalists and they're heavy. They're they're very heavy and you know they get people talking shit to them online all the time making fat jokes and stuff like that so everybody has like their challenges and you know i think with women in in business you know it's it's like this whole movement it has its good side and its bad side there's a lot of people like women falsely accusing of people or or, like trying to make themselves like a victim to take advantage of this current atmosphere Mm -hmm. And that will happen no matter what. And that yeah. sucks because they're really, you know, taking away and devaluating the stories of women who have legitimately had issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that it's now going to be required on publicly traded companies in California to have a woman on the board, oh, which wow. is like, that's kind of scary. Like that, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are looking at that in a positive way and it is to a certain extent, but it's also a little scary because that means that companies are probably afraid to hire women mm-hmm. because they're afraid they're going to like somebody is going to be accused of like sexual harassment or mm-hmm. whatever sexual misconduct and so now they're having to require people to hire women so i mean there's a good side and a bad side to it i mean i i definitely have had different struggles because i am a female mm-hmm. but i can say i'm really proud of the automotive industry as a whole mm-hmm. yeah you bring up uh, a lot of good points right it's yeah how do you carry yourself and especially for you to re- represent your business um you know in the automotive industry and how you want to be perceived is huge importance to be able to do that yeah. and especially with you know women in general and how to represent women right and, yeah. and i think um you have such a huge fan base and people who respect you you know within this industry because you have been this beacon of light to show that you know you can you know essentially dominate this this industry yeah um even going through all of these you know challenges that you face every day yeah yeah no i mean it 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 is and that's that is that is the core of why i've kind of sometimes even endured some of the stuff that i've had to to go through to continue this business and keep it where it's at is because i realize even 10, 15 years ago when we were so far from all of this where we are today is like I knew one day mm-hmm. like it would impact somebody somehow in a positive way. I knew it would someday like make a difference mm-hmm. and we're finally kind of getting to that place. And yeah. So that's that's why and it's I get letters from men and women, you know, all the time. Facebook messages, Instagram messages. I've had people write me letters and send it to the shop. 
like telling me like I inspire them and it seems so weird like <laughs> I inspire people I have a 14 year old daughter and she's like what what you're like, she, you're, like just, you're just my mom you're not I don't see I know. like a cool mom right I know I went to talk to the school because uh last week because um, I'm gonna like try to help them put together like a you know uh some classes at the school for mm-hmm. just uh, the basis of the classes like you know not so much empowerment but just teaching girls like because all they see is social media and they see all these girls with filters and mm-hmm. they don't really look how they look but they all they see is what's on social media and their boobs hanging out and all this stuff so it's just about you know teaching girls kind of self-respect but i was saying that to them when we were talking and i was like i can inspire like a bunch of strangers and my daughter's like whatever <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's why i kind of kept on doing what i was mm-hmm. doing i mean i was uh, i'm a single parent like i have zero zero financial support mm-hmm. um haven't for nine years uh from their father he's gone and left the country yeah um so i've done all of this and i've supported two children and raised them completely on my own mm-hmm. and i also have lupus which is an autoimmune disease so i've had times where you know i've gotten very very sick mm-hmm. um but part of like having the drive to be successful and like do something that's bigger than yourself is like you have to just like some days you get up and you're like, oh my, I'm really sick. Yeah. Like, I don't feel good. Or like, I just want to sleep. Or I want to go out and party with my friends tonight. Or whatever it is. And you just kind of can't do it. Yeah. Or you have to make yourself get up and move forward. And the more you kind of just put like one foot in front of the next, regardless of your situation, if it's challenging. And it's so challenging and overwhelming that like you don't want to do anything. Like you just keep moving forward. Yeah. Like it's just sometimes it's like, Amber, okay, get up. Get in the shower. Yeah. Get dressed. And then the more you move forward, the better it gets, right? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, who listen to motivational podcasts about finding their passion in the work, um, I, I think, or in terms of my experience, I realize sometimes passion isn't enough anymore, right? Your passion is the car industry, and it may have gotten you to a point here, but it then comes down to what your purpose is, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's having people talk about how you inspire them or is it you know for for you to raise a family as a single mom um having that purpose really driving you right because if you were sick and you couldn't drive your kids to school for instance right then but that is a purpose you want to take care of your children or you want to take care of your business yeah and that just becomes you know the larger larger factor or something that's bigger than you exactly because if it was just passion it's like okay i don't need to go in and you know to the office today but yeah for you as a business owner you're you have employees that you need to take care of yeah. you have customers you need to take care of you have your family and and so forth so yeah i think that's that's a huge huge um thing that you're yeah. already encapsulating you know with yourself and the business yeah have there been any challenges that have gotten you to a breaking point where like i want to give up yeah <laughs> um honestly like no Mm-hmm. No, uh, close when yeah a few years ago when I first got diagnosed with lupus I was having all kinds of issues I mean I've even had like surgeries on my kidneys and stuff mm-hmm. like that and they finally figured out what it was because lupus is one of the most wrongly diagnosed diseases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctors were like well you should probably like you know plan like what's gonna happen if you're not here anymore for your kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that I'm like so I'm gonna die. <laughs> I had to create an exit plan. Yeah, and that was really scary. Like I was like, "What?" I can't imagine. Yeah, and so I was kind of like, 
I, I definitely, I like laid down one day and like it took me like a couple weeks to like, I got up and ate and went to the bathroom. <laughs> it yeah. really took me a couple weeks to like, but just your mental state is get, just, you're just get back up yeah. and get out of that like horrible place. Um, but I mean, no, giving up has never really been an option because mm-hmm. I see people giving up all the time, especially the younger generation right now. Like I see all these people who are like 28 younger, 30 mm-hmm. and younger. And it's like, they'll try one thing for like a couple weeks or a couple months or six months. And they're like, Oh, I'm not an overnight success. I'm going to move on because like the world today is telling you like, Oh, you can have a tech company or you can do this or whatever. Yeah. And like tomorrow you're going to be a billionaire and you're going to be like, rolling in like jets and fucking you know paganis <laughs> yeah and that's just that's once in a while that happens yeah but that doesn't happen that often it takes years and mm-hmm. years of work to get there and yeah. like i feel like social media is really negative uh negatively it's a negative impacted. impact yeah. yeah like the younger generation because they just see all this bullshit on social media and i hate to say it because like some of these people are my friends and and I think overall, the big picture and what they're doing is really positive, but it's also, there's there's kind of the other side of it where, like, everybody's saying, you can do it, you can do it, like, mm. if you want it, you can have it. That's not true. It's actually not true, and it sets a lot of people up for failure and and devastating, you know, consequences to life, because all they hear everywhere is like, oh, if you want to drive a Lamborghini and fly around in jets, you can have it. And so they try for a little bit, and they fail, because you're not going to go from zero to jets exactly in like so six months all, all these entrepreneurs or yeah. self-proclaimed gurus will talk about you know overnight success after a year yeah but they don't talk about the 20 years of foundation they had to build yeah to even get there in the first place exactly you know? exactly so it just it takes so much so much hard work and and not giving up mm-hmm. and just moving forward and dealing with the failures and mm-hmm. dealing with you know all of that to to get to where you want to be yeah so you know if you want to do something like you're just gonna have to like you know buckle in and go on that ride and, and like <laughs> you mentioned right you even you yourself were hit with the 2008 financial crisis yeah. and real estate but you figure out a way and a solution to keep the business running and even become more profitable yeah, at i that turned time. it around i found a way to to kind of reinvent the wheel and, and just turn it around where I saw like my competitors closing left and right. Mm-hmm. So I know you had mentioned um, to me prior to the recording is that you have all these other ideas that you're working on as well. Yeah. Like something behind us in, in this video are all these like purses and fashion. Yeah. So you, it seems like you have an eye to figure out like, here's a problem or a challenge that you want to solve, whether it's something small or big. Yeah. Like tell me more about the stuff that you're working on. Well, so we moved uh, recently to the location where we're at. Um, I recently took on a partner. I was doing this solo for, you know, the first like 13, 14 years. And about a year and a half ago, I brought on a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not here full time, but it's another female. Mm-hmm. She's actually transgender. Uh, so when she approached me at the time, she hadn't kind of transitioned or come out yet, but she told me this was like what she planned to do. And I was like, I'm already a controversy enough. Let's like, just do this shit. Like, this is going to be amazing. Um, so we, you know, moved the business here a couple months ago, just got everything done. And, and what's behind us is our first little go at like, you know, I'd like to combine fashion uh with cars Mm -hmm. because you've got these beautiful cars you've got lamborghinis and ferraris and paganis and all these things they're amazing beautiful cars their engines everything top to bottom um 
built amazingly and there's like no way to accessorize them like the the brands have their own lines but they're like polos and t-shirts and I don't want to wear that stuff but this is this is like a little higher end approach so what I have here is I've got two lines I've got um, Techno Monster, mm -hmm. which is uh, carbon fiber and titanium luggage uh, made in Italy. Uh, it can all be customized, like the, the stitching, the hardware, the leathers can all be customized to match your car yeah. or whatever you want to do. Um, and then the other uh, line is Taliban, which is a good friend of mine, Deb's line. She was a designer for Valentino and uh, Dior and you know she kind of wanted to do her own stuff. And this is also customizable. Uh, to match your car as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, back here we've got uh, the gray, the blue, you know, different ones. But if you have a yellow car, we can do yellow. If you have purple, like right now, you know, we have a bunch of GI cars that are in purple. So mm -hmm. I'm making one of these backpacks to match the cars. Purple, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all customizable and all based on, you know, around your car. Mm -hmm. So now that you have a lot more women moving into buying cars and, and doing high-end cars, what do women want to do? They want to accessorize. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we give them the opportunity to do that where I, I haven't seen that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully, you know, we've just kind of got it going, so I, I need to put a little more resources behind it. Uh, but that's kind of the next step is kind of bringing together everything. I mean, for sure, some of the companies have done some lifestyle stuff, mm -hmm. but not quite, you know, on the level of this. Yeah. Um, and I know just a few weeks ago you had hosted uh, an event for women as well to come yeah. out and hang out at your, your office and everything yeah. and share more information about yeah. what you're working on there. Yeah, that was really exciting. So uh, six years ago, uh, my friend Amy Shackelford and I, she runs uh, Goldrush Rally and mm -hmm. she has a social media company, events company. Um, we try to do all women car meet and literally three girls showed up. Oh. And like we heard all this like negative stuff like too from people in the industry going like, oh you guys are gonna do like a girls thing like it's gonna flop and we're like yeah f you it's gonna be awesome and it did flop like there's three <laughs> girls there we're just sitting around yeah. going okay uh, let's just pretend like we didn't even do this because everybody's gonna talk shit mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks ago I did it and I had like 60 70 women show up yeah and it was really cool because there's like women I know who don't necessarily get along all the time but like everybody got along and they were really like came together for this purpose and to my knowledge it was the first all-female car meet mm -hmm. anywhere that I've ever seen or heard of I mean they've definitely like had like small groups of women go do certain things um, automotive related but I I don't know of any like all-female you know car meets and it was it was just so cool it was so cool to see all these women come together and it was mm -hmm. everything from you know Aston Martins and Lamborghinis to you know American muscle cars and mm -hmm. and modded BMWs and like it was just everything there was no re car requirement it was just you had to be passionate about your car yeah um, so it was it was definitely a, a cool experience I plan to do more um, stuff for for women mm -hmm. um, Thursday we have a Gatsby party which isn't just for automotive it's just it's an all women's event but. Um, I did invite all the women who came to the car meet. Mm -hmm. It's just a place for women to kind of start to network and learn about each other's businesses. Uh, it's mostly for business owners and and just help support each other. Yeah. Because it's a really weird thing. Like, you know, women don't always support each other that much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you would <Yeah>. think. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's naturally competitive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. But I think, I just think that it's changed so much just in the last months, last year with how women just everything 
Just, I mean, I feel like business in general, there's there's such a huge emphasis on collaboration, building yeah. a community yeah. uh, with a network that you can work with or even rely on and partner up together. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. an amazing thing that you're helping yeah. build out right here yeah. in, the, in, yeah. in Hollywood. So Yeah. And then we're going to do the next all women's car meet we're going to do is going to be focused around a charity. So everybody's going to bring things to donate to the, the women's shelters, mm-hmm. um, which are you know, homeless women and battered women and children. So, you know, feminine hygiene products or clothes or anything to donate to those uh, shelters is, is kind of going to be the focus of mm-hmm. the next All Women's Car Meet. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. Um, Amber, is there anything else you'd like to share with, with people? Yeah, I mean, I think your podcast is about business people starting, or, you know, more established business people too. Um, but I think the important thing like that I like to tell people and really leave people with is if you want to do something like don't give up like mm. you, it's not going to happen overnight you have to keep doing it you have to keep at it um, obviously if it's just a horrible idea like and people <laughs> keep telling you like this is really bad like maybe listen to them <laughs> and see if you can keep but, figuring out a solution but <laughs> yeah but really like you know if it's something you're super passionate about and you want like people just need to, to not give up and keep moving forward yeah it might take you 15, 20 years. Like, it's what it's taken me. <laughs> but eventually, it'll work. Yeah. And then it's at that point when your social media comes out, it's like the overnight success. It's like, no, it's like, 15 years, even more in the, in the making. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Like, all these people are now finding me. They're like, oh, so when I say I've been in business 15 years, they're like, oh, I thought you were only around for like two years. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much yes, for absolutely. coming on to the show. And talking through your whole journey and the challenges you've gone through. I really appreciate it. Yeah, 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 it was awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening until the very end. You can find more information about my guest on the website at whyfactorpodcast.com. I'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview. A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Y Factor.